Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, we started our series a couple of weeks ago called, or entitled, Who Am I? And, you know, in our lives, it's so important. If we are going to function and have victory in our life, it is vital that we know who we are. Amen? We've got a lot of voices trying to tell us who we are. You got a lot of voices trying to tell you what you need to do to be cool, what you need to do to, to, to be the latest, greatest, what you need to drive, what you need to wear. You know, you've got voices telling you what you need to buy, and now you've got voices trying to tell you what the truth is, right? And so it's important that we realize who we are as children of God to realize who we are as, as, as His children uh, and, and who we are in Christ if we're going to be able to overcome and succeed in life. Otherwise, if you don't know who you are in Christ, you'll always succumb and submit to who the devil says you are. Amen? You, you, it, there's, no, there's, no, there's no third part of this is you've got who the devil says, who the God of this world, who this world system says you are, and then you've got who God says you are. And those, that's the choice you get to make. And you have a choice, amen? But it is a choice you're going to make either intentionally or you're going to make it unintentionally. But every day you make that choice, amen? And I want to encourage you to be sure you make the choice to believe God's word and the truth and who he says you are, because that's where our victory is, is knowing who we are in Christ. Amen? Praise God. So this week, um, the message for today is, I want you to know, and, 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 and this may not be grammatically correct because it's more of a, uh, 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 I don't know, uh, you're receiving the verb for you English majors. Uh, I'm not declaring, you know, as far as who you are as a noun. I'm declaring who you are is receiving something. Amen. And so this morning, I'm going to talk about the fact that I am loved. I'm loved. Say that out loud. Say, I am loved. It is a requirement. It is a necessity for every person to know that they're loved. There's not a person on the face of this earth that doesn't crave to know that they're loved. You know, you have people that may have gotten hard and they, they act like they don't need to be loved, but that's a lie. Every person has to know that they're loved, that they're loved by somebody, they're loved by something, they're, you know, they're, that there's love in their life. They want to know that it is in you, in, in the human race, to want to know that I'm loved that somebody loves me, right? And so we have, as I said before, the greatest gift, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The whole motive behind Christ is what? It's God's love for humanity. It's God's love for you and I. It's God's love for people. So everything that God does is underwritten by his love. That's the foundation of it. There's no other, there's, there's nothing greater in God other than his love for people. That's why you were created. That's why Adam and Eve were formed in the garden. That's why the human race was created. 
That's why we're here on this planet is because you have a God that loves you. And those of you that are in Christ, you now have a heavenly Father who loves you. And if we don't understand that or we don't begin to grasp that or have a depth of that in our life, then we'll always have other competing things in our life. Other things will be able to draw us away if we don't understand how much uh, our Heavenly Father loves us, how much God loves us and cares about our life. We've got people that are hurt and angry and people that are going through things today and people that are acting in ways that, that are beyond imaginable because they don't know. They don't know how much they're loved, how much they're valued. Because once you know how much you're loved and you're valued, you don't have to devalue somebody else in order to make yourself better. Because you and I are able to receive an unconditional, all-encompassing, filled to the full, nothing lacking love from a heavenly Father. And when I'm able to do that, then the only thing that flows out of my life becomes love to others. So this is vital. It is important to know who I am in Christ as being one that's loved by God. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says that even because of his mercy, because of his great love, with which he loved us, even when you and I were dead in trespasses. In other words, even when you weren't living for God, even when you didn't know God, even when you were living a life of sin, that is completely contrary to who God is, he loved you. He loved me. Not only did he love me, but he did something about it. You know, empty words mean nothing. It's the action behind them. You can say you love somebody or you love this, but if there's no action behind it, then you really don't love him. Amen? And God said, listen, I love you so much that I'm going to do something about it. That when we were dead in trespasses, I'm going to make you alive with Christ. Amen. By grace, you've been saved. In other words, it's nothing you can do to earn it. You cannot make God love you any more or any less. It's impossible because God's love is not predicated upon your response. He loves you, period. The problem that we run into is we misunderstand and miss, it's not a word, but we misdefine, we wrongly define what love is. And I don't, I don't, this, I'm not going to preach that this morning, but if you want to know what it is, you just need to find out what Jesus did. You need to look at what he did because he's the express image of the Father. He's the express image of the love of God. 
And you may say, well, you know, if you love me, then you always say something nice to me. Well, that's not true. Because Jesus wasn't always nice. <laughs> I mean, I read one passage where he called a woman a dog. Amen? I mean, it, it, you can't argue with it. He called the, the, the Pharisees a brood of vipers. So this notion that if, if, if God loves me, then he agrees with me, he wants me to do whatever I want to do, right? That notion that love means that I can just do whatever I want, say what I want, be what I want, and you still got to act a certain way to, towards me is, is not the truth. That's not the definition of whether God loves you or not. And we live in the world that basically says, if you don't agree with me, you don't love me. If you don't do what I say you should do, then you don't love me. There's only one person that has the right and the authority to tell you how to live and what to do in, as far as a place of absolute, and that's God. Because he's perfect, and he created you. Amen? Now, we're supposed to speak the truth in love, and we have the right to call each other on the carpet. Read your Bible, right? We have, that's a right. And that is part of love, is actually not letting you do whatever you want to do. Matter of fact, if you don't correct and you don't do those in love, then really you don't love somebody. Anyway. You don't have to amen it. It's okay. Let me read to you Ephesians 2, 4 again out of the Amplify. It says, but God, so rich is he in his mercy because of and in order to satisfy the great and wonderful and intense love with which he loved us. Now, I want you to know this morning that God doesn't just love you. You know what I'm saying? Love you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Love you. See ya, love ya. You know that that just it, it it's it's a term of endearment, but it doesn't always have a strength to it, right? But God's love is intense. God's love is in your face. God's love is strong. God God's love is is intentional in who He is and what He's doing in your life. God has a direction and a motive and a heart, but but God has a love that actually does something in our life, and he demonstrated that when he sent his son Jesus. That was his initial number one demonstration of how much he loves you as he says, I'm going to take my son, my one and only son, who's perfect, who's without sin, without mistake, didn't do wrong to anybody, and I'm going to have him die for everybody who did wrong to him. I'm going to have him die. I'm going to have him give his life for every person who has, every one of them has done wrong to him, have done wrong to me. And he's done nothing wrong to them, but he's still going to die for them. Whether they accept it or not, he's still going to die. I already know if they're going to accept it or not, but whether they do or not, he's still going to die for them. That, that's love. 
That, that, is the, that is the epitome of love. It's laying down your life. It says no man has greater love than this than to lay down his life for his friend, to lay down his life. That's how we love one another. Amen. It's a sacrificial love. It's an unconditional love. And so God had to do something to satisfy that wonderful, intense love. And that's what he did through Jesus Christ. He had to answer that. It could not just be a word from God sitting up in, in, the, in the heavens saying, love ya. Hashtag love ya. You know what I'm saying? That God didn't sit in heaven and he's not distant from you and I just kind of throwing some love our way. He said, no, I'm going to get down in the middle of your mess, in the middle of your sin, which I hate, I abhor, I can't even be in the presence of it. I'm going to get my son and I'm going to send him right into the middle of it. And he's going to go through what you went through, but yet he's going to do it perfectly. And then he's going to die for you tell you what, that's an incredible love. That's an amazing love that he has shown and demonstrated for us. Now, let me just say a couple of things, all right, just kind of as a precursor or, or uh, 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 I can't think of the word, an out for this. Don't mistake God's love for you as his condoning of your life. Don't, don't, don't take God's intense love that's towards you and say, because he loves me intensely, he likes everything I do. Because I'm going to tell you right now, he doesn't. He doesn't like everything I do. Why? Because we make mistakes. Because we do make missteps. Sometimes we do things that, 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 that are on purpose. I mean, we have a whole world. He said, while we were still in sin, he died for us. In other words, God doesn't, just because he loves you, doesn't mean that he condones your decisions. And so many times we say, well, you know, I know I'm not supposed to, but God loves me. Anybody finish that? Anyway. Yeah, he does love you anyway. But in order to walk in the fullness of what his love has provided for you through Jesus Christ, there's some things you and I have to do. We actually have to respond. We respond. Another, let me say it this way because I, I, I pray that this, I believe it'll help you. Sometimes we live our life in, in, from the standpoint of I'm trying to get God to do certain things trying to get God to love me more. I'm trying to get God to smile on me more. I'm trying to get God to do certain things in my life. I'm trying to get God to, to heal me. If I can just get him to do that, if I can just get him to provide for me, if I can just get God to, 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 to do this for me, to help me, and we approach it from that standpoint as though you're still waiting on God to do something. But yet, he already did something. And that was sending his son Jesus. 
and he's our bless you. And he's already established how much he loves you and that he loves you intensely. So everything else in my life is not trying to get God to come to me. It's me responding to what he's already done for me. It's a response. Yes, you can give praise to God. It's me understanding that God's already decided that he loved me, and so now everything that he's made available, it is founded upon that principle that God loves me. Even when you don't love yourself, God loves you. When your spouse doesn't love you, God loves you. When your best friend doesn't love you anymore, they, God loves you. Come on. God loves you, and he loved you first. This is one of my favorite scriptures about his love. 1 John 4, 7. Let's read through this. It says, Beloved, it's 7 uh, through 10, and then we're going to jump down to 19, just so you have context. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us. In other words, in this is how he showed his love to us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, right? But that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation which is a big word for acceptable sacrifice, is what that means. He accepted that sacrifice for our sins. And then in verse 19, it says, we love him because he first loved us. We love him. We respond in love because he first loved us. So when you and I resort to trying to earn things and trying to build up and, and try to hopefully get, we have not become mature in understanding God's love for us. Now, faith, the Bible says, worketh by love, and we grow in faith. We grow in appropriating the promises of God in our life. But as far as God's love towards you, it doesn't change. It is already intense right? It's intense. It, it, it's a love that, that, that is reaching into the furthest places. It's a love that's not daunted by our mess or our mistakes or this world. It, it's not daunted by that. It is a love that overcomes everything. As a matter of fact, the Bible says over in 1 Corinthians 13 that God's love doesn't what? Fail doesn't fail. God's love does not fail. It cannot fail. It will not fail. It does not fail. It has not failed. Failure is not a part of God's love. Amen. So his love towards you will never fail. You'll never be in a place to see that love fail. Let's jump over to Romans chapter 8. So we see a, a, a step further of this. Verse 8, Romans eight thirty one says, What then shall we say to these things? 
if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. How many of you have quoted that before? God be for me, who can be against me, right? Says he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Listen to another translation for verse 32. Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? See, when you understand God's love for you, then you stop thinking that God's holding back to you. When you understand the fullness of his love towards you, towards me, then I stop feeling like that God isn't there, that God doesn't care, that God's holding back, that, 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 that I haven't been good enough for God to do something for me. See, those things begin to fade away because it's not based upon those things. It's based upon a love that was established before you were born. It was a love that was established before the worlds were founded, before anything ever took shape, before Adam and Eve ever uh, got into sin in the garden. God's love had already been established. So before you made your first mistake, he already chose to love you. Before you ever got sick, he chose to love you. Before you ever didn't have enough, he chose to love you. In other words, you didn't do anything in, in the place to where God has already decided, I'm going to love you. And I've given you my son, and, and when it says giving us all other things, it's talking about everything that Jesus paid the price to provide for you through his death, burial, and resurrection. All of those promises, the promises of God in Christ, the Bible says are yes and amen. And the Bible says that through his precious promises, we're partakers or we share in his divine nature. And many times we sit and we try to think that through and, and we're comparing how I am to how he is and we begin to say, I just don't see how that works. Or we look at the circumstances of our life and we say, well, how could God love me this much if my life is this way? Well, it's because you've chosen not to walk in the full benefit of his love. In other words, if I love my kids, and I could have resource to help my kids in life. There's things I could do for them, but if they don't believe that I love them, and they aren't willing to have a relationship based on that, then it's going to be hard for them to know my heart towards them and to know that I have the resource to help them. See, it, all of that comes through relationship. It comes from knowing your heavenly Father. It comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. More than just attending church, which you're here, thank God, because you're hearing the Word. If you're tuned in online, you're hearing the Word. But my point is, is that there are some things that we do not to receive His love, but to receive what His love has provided for us. 
Well, if he loved me, he would just do it anyway. He would just, he would just do it all if he loved. No, he has done it all. The, the, the cross, the work on the cross is done. Jesus isn't getting back up on the cross again. Everything that was done on the cross is done. And then he's given you and I his word. He's given us his Holy Spirit, and he loves us. And he's given us access to everything that's been done. But you have to choose to access it. You have to choose to walk in it. Well, how do I do that? You do that by faith. You do that by faith. You access everything that's provided by faith. See, when you and I have the, the, the idea or the mentality, well, you know, God, God is God, and, 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 you know, if he wants to do something, he'll do it, and, and so you put it all off on God. And we got a whole lot of Christians that put everything off on God and say, I don't have any responsibility in the matter. We have a whole world right now that does not want responsibility. It's always somebody else's fault. Even if I made the decision, you made me do it. And what God did is he said, I'm not going to force it on you. I've given you free will. I just want you to know, and the, the number one thing I want you to know is how much I love you. And then I'm going to go ahead and pay the price for any barrier that would stand between you and I having a relationship again. I'm going to go ahead and just get that out of the way. But you're going to have to have faith towards me. You're going to have to believe in me. See, you're going to have this relationship thing is two-way. I did it first. I made the biggest sacrifice. I took the biggest burden. But you still got something to do. You still have to respond. And so he loved me first. So everything in my life now is a response. It is a response to his love. It's me saying, okay, God, I recognize what Jesus has done for me and that he loves me. And God, now I'm, I'm putting my faith in that. I'm putting my faith in you. Romans 10, 9 and 10, I'm believing in my heart. I'm confessing with my mouth. Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For those that come to him must believe that he is God and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. See, the, his love is what makes it all possible. But your choices is what makes it a reality. His love has already made it possible. No respecter of person. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what culture you have. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter how poor or rich how broken, it doesn't, none of that matters. His love encompasses all of that. Everything that stood in the way or would stand in the way of humanity being able to have access to God was already dealt with on the cross. He already paid that price. But you and I have to respond to it. And we do it through our faith. We do that through believing in God. Amen. I'm going to read this last part because I won't be able to finish, but 
1 John 4, 17. It says in 18 is what we're reading, or actually 18, 19. It says, love has been perfected among us in this. Love has been perfected. What does that mean? It means it's, it's mature. It's not, it's not baby love. You know what I'm saying? It's a mature love. It's, it, it's not that, that love you first get, you know, the goosebumps and the, the googly eyes and, and all of that, you know, when you were a kid or a teenager and, you, you know, I, you send in the, I love you, you know, and you're just all googly eyed and, and it's an innocent love. Amen. This is a mature love. It's the love that after 20 years, you still can say, I am in love with you. You understanding the difference? All right, just making sure. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. See, part of the maturity of me understanding and growing in the love of God is I'm not afraid. The worst thing that will happen to you in this earth, or as far as the, the most final thing in your life, is you die. And you go to heaven, hopefully. I mean, I don't say that mean, I'm, I'm being serious. That Jesus is your Lord, right? You know you don't go to heaven just because you punched in at church. We go to heaven because we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. See, when you punch in at church, you got to earn it. We're not about earning. We're about receiving. <laughs> Amen. By faith. And because I've received his love, I want to be in the house. Do you see the difference in attitude? Because I've received his love, I want to be in the house. I want to serve. I want to sacrifice to make sure that other people get to hear the gospel. I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to be a part of the local church because I understand how much he loves me. I want to do something. Not to earn it, but because I got it. And now my serving is a, is a labor of love, not a labor of trying to get something. We got people keeping babies and kids right now so that you can be in here without having to keep your kids straight and keep them quiet. They're doing that because they love God. God loves them, and it's a response. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so we don't have to fear God. There's not, I'm not talking about having a reverential fear. I'm talking about a tormenting fear. That God's mad at me. God's going to punish me. God, God's just trying to, to you know, to, to, uh, you know, I deserve this. You know, no, you don't deserve anything the devil gives to you. You, none of us, what we deserve is hell. I mean, just plainly speaking, that's what we deserve. 
But Jesus said, no, no, no. God said, no, no, no. I love you too much. I created you. And I'm going to make a way for you because I, 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 you're my family. I want you to be with me. I want you to have fellowship. I want you, Jesus, prayed that they would be one, that we would be one with him, just like the Father and the Son are one. He wants that intimacy. He wants that from you. And it's not because you do everything just right. You do everything perfectly. The first thing we do is we respond to his love, and we respond to his love by faith. Amen. That's by saying yes to Jesus, believing on him that he died uh, on the cross, that his blood was poured out for me, that his blood washed away, cleanses, paid the price for my sin. Amen. That he did that for me. So I want to encourage you this morning. I, I, I pray for you this morning, and, and, and I'm going to pray over you here that, that, that Paul said, I, I want you to know the, the height and the depth and the length and the width. I want you to understand the love of God in your life because it's so powerful and it's so life-giving and it brings such freedom and liberty to our lives. And it makes it so much easier to receive because I'm receiving because of his love for me. Amen. Bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. You, you don't get to begin the process. You don't get to, to begin this this journey with God and, and walking and, and understanding and revelation of his love for you, that journey doesn't begin until you choose Jesus, until you choose Christ, until you say, Jesus, I, I believe in you, until you're born again. That's the first step we take. And then from there, we get to grow in that relationship with him. 